Hi, everyone, and welcome to Beauty Call Podcast. I'm Janice McQueen, your host. I hope that everyone is doing well and staying safe and at home. And I hope that you're enjoying all of the episodes that I'm bringing you on faith, love, beauty, health, fitness, and that you are taking this time to take care of you and those that you love. It's important for us to stay hopeful, to stay faith-based, and to believe that it's all going to get better because it is. So take time to take care of yourself. It's time to double down on that health and wellness. Get some rest. Make sure that you're exercising, but make sure you're practicing social distancing. I love you all. Enjoy this episode. When you need advice on beauty, who are you going to call? Beauty Call with Janice McGuinn. Janice is easy and loves to have casual yet informative conversations on sex, beauty, love, fashion, work-life balance, diet, fitness, nutrition, relationship, and life's ups and downs. Join the Beauty Call podcast and learn inside secrets to true beauty. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Beauty Call podcast. I'm Janice McQueen, your host. And today I have Donnell DeRubies, and she is a certified health and life coach with an emphasis on mindset and mental wellness. Welcome to the show, Donnell. How are you today? Thank you so much, Janice. I'm doing wonderful. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. It's always nice to have the weekend, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. So you are a pageant girl as well, and you have a, a great background in that. And you're working, and you work alongside your husband and have a business, but you are also a certified health and life coach with an emphasis in mindset, mental wellness, as I said. I think that's an important element that I would love to talk about because I think it's something that we all need to focus on is our self-care and taking care of ourselves. But let's just, let's hear all about you and how you got into this, this career path. Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, I am a former, as they like to say, in the pageant world. And um, has been. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I think a lot of girls that have either dabbled or have had a career in the pageant industry, I think once you make the very difficult decision to retire and kind of hang up that crown, so to speak, it's trying to rediscover what your new path is going to be because you are so focused for so long in that world. And So I took a few months off and then very quickly realized that I just really wanted to help guide people to discover what it meant to live in their authentic self. And I felt as though I had a lot of experience actually not doing that. And so I just thought, you know, I believe people could and should encompass all of the different roles that they play and discovering that by doing doing those things and really balancing all of those, they're giving themselves and everyone around them the best version of themselves. So I was able to find this amazing program that certifies you in health, in as a health coach first, actually. And so we focus a lot on, on diet and, and all of those things that I think people match up with our physical health, but what they don't know. And what I loved the best part of learning and and becoming certified in this program is learning how much our physical health affects our emotional or mental health. And all three of those things really have to come together and work cohesively. Mm -hmm. And so as I was going through the program, I, I loved the health coach side of things, but I realized how much it tied into 
my heart and my soul, which is mental wellness. And so I just, I was so thrilled. I became, it was about a year program and I became certified in both health and life coach, but they really teach you how to discover what you want to focus on. And so I definitely am focused on the mental health side and just kind of building what I like to call a wellness toolkit. And it started with myself, right? I've been, I've been building that wellness toolkit for myself for many, many years without even realizing that's what I was doing. So that's really my focus within my program. And it's a 90 day program, although we can make adjustments and, and shift that and extend it and shorten it. And I'm getting ready actually to launch my first workshop. Um, so it'll be kind of a condensed version of that kind of more focused specifically in one area. So I'm just, I love this new path I'm on and, and, you know, I've, I've been able to bring in a lot of the opportunities and the different skills that I learned in the pageant world into this. So I don't feel like I've completely, completely retired from that piece. I've just kind of migrated it into what I'm doing now. Yeah. You never really retire from something that is part of who you are, but I want to talk more about your toolkit because, you know, you, you know, you're multifaceted, like I think most people, most women, especially, (laughs) you know, you you and your husband, you know, are built a business, you know, you have, you know, kids, you've been in pageantry, you're a very creative person, you know, having done a lot of, you know, performing as well, correct, and your household is a very creative household, but you, you battle depression and anxiety. You have in the past. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that, because I think so many people go undiagnosed, and they don't realize, and you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic. And even though there is light at the end of the tunnel, we're starting to open up and and seeing some normal normalcy in our world. It has caused a lot of us to really deep dive and realize that we do have some anxiety. We might even have some depression. So let's. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about Absolutely. how when you were diagnosed and how you found out that you had depression and anxiety. Yeah, thank you. And you're 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 spot on with this very uncharted territory we're all living through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my story goes way back many years, but and it involves traumatic experiences as a teenager and yeah. and it it's always encompassed anxiety and deep depression and just some very very extreme dark places yeah. without me knowing. And it was actually I was this is so wild. I had already had both my children. I was, uh, it was on a good day after actually suffering silently for almost three years after having my son, who's my second child through extreme postpartum. And I can remember meeting with my therapist for the first time. And within five minutes, she was able to diagnose me with extreme postpartum. And I realized in that moment, I just couldn't fight anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't fake it anymore. And I realized my whole life had been that. My mm-hmm. whole life had been putting on this smile, even though there were so many moments on the inside that I was deeply depressed. I was crying all the time and just sad and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand why. So it was in that moment I had to figure out what I needed to do to begin healing so that I could live because mm-hmm. unfortunately, there was a moment where it truly became life or death. And 
Wow. I'm a suicide attempt survivor. And mm-hmm. so I just knew in that moment it was time to begin healing so that I could live for my kids and for my husband and for this amazing life that we were building. And it took a lot of understanding of who I am and how I am made. So it was it was spending time journaling. It was reviewing that journal almost on a daily basis so that I could understand what my triggers were. And I began building at that moment what I call my wellness toolkit without even realizing that's in fact what I was doing. And so I encourage people to first stop and understand that it's okay. It is a, it's, it's an okay place to be. It's okay that you suffer from anxiety or depression or bipolar, or any of these other mental illnesses are out there. It's okay to embrace that and, and, make it a part of who you are. But I encourage you that there needs to be an understanding of why it's that way. And for me, there was actually a long history within my family. I lost my grandmother to suicide. At the time, they called it manic depression. And she was an alcoholic and just all, you know, all sorts of different elements of her life. And then I started to discover that it runs even deeper than that. And it runs much further along. And so I think Starting there is a great place to understand if there is, in fact, a history. I think it's good to reflect on maybe some experiences that have transpired in somebody's life to understand if it was a traumatic thing that kind of brought it on or if this is something that's been around for a long time. Sometimes it is just the way you're made, and that's okay. So, and through that, I've had the opportunity to speak to so many people And whether we consider ourselves healthy, whether that's physical, mental, or emotionally, I think we all struggle at some place in our life. We have difficult times. So I believe everyone should have a wellness toolkit so that we're making healthy choices when those challenges come our way. And I think, I think in some ways that's what we're experiencing now. A lot of people don't have that. And now we're living through this wild, for lack of better term time that we've never experienced before and and we're struggling because we don't have we don't have those tools to move through this that's so true and we i think everyone suffers some sort of trauma of some sort in their their formative years i know that i did and as an adult sometimes we we sort of push it off to the side and it then it's Things that happen in our lives, like having a child or a change in or moving or loss of a job or something that can cause a trigger. And there's different triggers for different people. But I think it's important to understand and identify when you are starting to feel those emotions. So, and I'm so grateful for one that you're a survivor because we you. need we need people like you talking about this because it's it's a higher percentage than, than people realize that suffer from being some sort of depression, whether it is postpartum or I do believe that things can run in your family, that you can throughout the generations be predisposed to certain, to certain conditions. And this is something that shouldn't have any kind of stigma to it because we all have emotions and emotional wellness is so key, especially during these uncertain times. And I feel that when you have a support system, and even if you don't have as large of a support system as you would like, 
being able to identify your triggers and to be able to have self-care is so important. So let's let's walk through that. Let's walk through a little bit of your toolkit. And of course, I know that you work with people as well, but I would love to to share with our listeners some of the things that you do for coping mechanisms and how you identify when there's a trigger as well. Thank you. Yeah. And I, you know, to speak to your point that this is something that more people deal with. And I think we realize, and that's Mm -hmm. where, you know, mental health stigmas come in and things like that. And statistically, they say it's one in five that will struggle with a mental illness. But I would be very confident in saying that number is much higher because if we think about the number of people that do it silently and never actually come out and seek help or, you know, even open up about it, I would, I would venture to say that number is much higher. And, and through this particular experience in our life, this time frame in our life, they've seen a significant increase in the number of calls that have come through the suicide prevention lifeline. Right. It's actually up about a thousand percent. So to say focus needs to be placed on mental wellness at this time, probably more than any other time is, is an, is a fact. It's a, it's, it's a definite. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to throw that in there because I think it's important for people to know that they're not alone, that, that, and when I go into the classrooms, I have the opportunity to educate in junior highs and high schools. And I try to paint a visual for them with that one in five number. And I'll actually, you know, classrooms were at least set up in rows of desks. And I would actually count out and let them see how many people within one classroom could truly be suffering at that time. Wow. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. That is. So this, <laughs> so this wellness toolkit, the first thing I, I started with, like I said, is just trying to understand where this all came from. And so for me, it was understanding what my family history was. But I would begin journaling on a daily basis everything that I ate, mm-hmm. how often I ate, mm-hmm. what those things were, of course, if I exercised or did not exercise. And I would say it doesn't have to be going to the gym or using actual gym equipment. I mean, it could be going for a walk in the neighborhood, even wild as it sounds, even doing house chores, that is physical activity where you're getting Mm -hmm. your body moving. So just jotting down how much time is spent doing that. And then how much sleep I was getting the night before. And if it was interrupted sleep, which for most parents, I'm sure it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And just trying to understand what that what that looked like. And then each day I would write down what my mood was. Did I cry? Did I get angry? Was I feeling depressed? Was I feeling sad for some reason? I'm just trying to understand my emotional moments throughout the day. And so this journal, I would carry it around with me everywhere I went because I wanted to make sure I was getting a real clear picture of what that looked like. And I was even writing down if I was drinking a glass of wine or having a cocktail of some sort, just so I could understand that piece of it as well. And it was absolutely amazing to me that I was able to get to a place after journaling for several months that I would be able to look back each morning. I would wake up and I would look back at the day before. And based on what I saw the day before, I would be able to tell you what my mood and what my day was going to look like that day. Wow. And what I realized is I absolutely have to have uninterrupted sleep. I can get four hours, but it has to be uninterrupted. And I wasn't getting that. 
I was actually so sleep deprived. I remember my therapist telling me that it was like putting myself in prison because I guess they can use that as a form of torture or they used to or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. But I would look at things that I ate. I would consider myself a junk food junkie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if I wasn't making the best choices for myself, I would notice what my mood was the next day. And then if I wasn't being physically active and I'm now at a place where I know exactly what my day is going to be like based on what I did the day before. Those simple triggers. I love that. Yeah. It's so wild to me when I was putting those pieces together because those are things we should be doing anyway. Those are things we all strive to do because we want to be physically healthy. What we don't realize Mm -hmm. is what we're truly, what we're feeding our bodies, we're feeding our minds and our emotions. And so I, I teach a lot of that in the educating um, that I do as well within the classrooms, which is fun because you're dealing with, you know, junior high and high school. So of course they want all the goodness chips and all of that stuff. So it's just <laughs> trying to encourage those healthy habits and, and making those adjustments. And I've been able to use that within my family as well. I can see, I can see different moods from my kids based on the habits that we've created. And it's, it's just so powerful. And to me now, but I know it wasn't always that way to me now, it's, it's a no brainer. It's so easy because I want to feel good and obviously want to look good and all those things. So knowing those are things that really affect me, I've been able to make those habit changes, but it goes into, you know, I like to do a lot of self help reading. I like to do a lot of discovering in quotes. So I used to be known as quote lady on social media because (laughs) I would wake up and quotes would just pop out to me. And so I'd post them and hope that it spoke to somebody else. So just finding those types of things and then just learning to balance all of the other stuff that I have going on with knowing that I need to take time for myself and our self-care will always look different. So maybe taking a bath works for me and it doesn't for somebody else. Maybe going for a walk by myself works and it doesn't for somebody else. So just being open to discovering what those things are that really truly make our souls happy and incorporating those into our everyday life so that as challenges come, because we know those are always going to come, we're able to move through those in a healthy way and come out stronger at the end. That's so important. All the things that you mentioned, I, I love, and it's it needs to be reiterated over and over again that, you know, especially what we've gone through, so many of us have been Zooming and Skyping, and, and I know for myself, I overloaded myself with work and, you know, volunteering and, and not putting enough time for myself, and I made a commitment to myself, and this week that even though I do exercise on a regular basis, I'm, I promised that I would do at least an hour every single day, meditation every single okay. day, sleep yes. every single day. And I'm a vegan. And, I, and again, I'm not the kind to preach to people, but I really do believe in a dairy-free, gluten-free lifestyle is extremely important and to eat lots of you know, fresh vegetables and fruits just so that your body is in motion and feels better, better digestive uh, system is extremely important. And then I went alcohol free. I'm going alcohol free for two months. So I, and I'm hoping that I can stick to at least that, you know, for as long as I possibly can. I do love to have a glass of wine on the weekends. But when you mentioned that you journaled, if you'd had 
an alcohol or cocktail, it is a depressant. So it is going to affect how you feel. It can be a trigger for some people. So that's important to know if it's a trigger for you or not. Absolutely. So and I, I love that. I love the goals that you have set. And, that, you know, I love that you came out. I saw on social media a video you posted. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about social media <laughs> is this idea of accountability. And, and I think it's mm-hmm. really a way we're connecting right now. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I think it's it's phenomenal. And, you know, I think what I think sometimes what happens, we get so caught up in all of these different roles that we have, you know, right. mom, dad, friend, family, employee, all these different goals, we get so caught up and almost in a way lost in that, that we forget mm-hmm. about the things that really light our fire and fill our bucket and allow us the energy to keep serving in all of those other capacities. It's mm-hmm. almost like I, I've talked to a lot of moms the last several months for sure, because they're home with the kids a lot. It's almost like this sense of guilt that somehow if you are pursuing any of those passions or those passions lie outside of the main titles or responsibilities that we're somehow selfish or people in our life will suffer because we're focusing on the things that we need. But in fact, the opposite is true. If you're able to find that balance, you really are giving your family and your friends and your employee or employer, all of those things, the best version of you. Right. I agree. And, And you're happy doing it. So and also, I will, I will, I will add to this. And you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong. But uh, is being able to speak up with how you feel, and even, the, even if it's a, if it's journaling, and you're speaking up to yourself. I think that's so important. I think part of the, the solution is identifying when you need help, and identifying what your triggers are, and identifying when you need to take better care of yourself. And and I think that that's sort of what I use, you know, for me, social media, and I put that vulnerability out there because not so much that I want to show off that I'm, I'm doing alcohol-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, whatever, but maybe it's accountability for me and I'm showing vulnerability to other people. And maybe they, they identify with that message with, you know, I need to be better. I need to take better care of myself too. And I think speaking up and having that voice goes a long way in being healthy. My mother I, taught me that. <laughs> I could not agree with you more. I, I really, I could not agree with you more. And I, it's difficult for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm the perfect example. I went years and years and years and years, never sharing any of these, these deep emotions that I had, even really showing what this depression looked like and how I was managing it. I, to be quite honest, my husband didn't even really know how deep this ran. And it was many, many years before I shared with him the story of, of how I uh, attempted suicide. So I realized though, in the moment, on that good day, when I decided that I was no longer going to suffer silently and I needed to figure this out, I started opening up to some of the people that were closest to me. And Every single one of them, I'm talking people that I had worked with for many, many years, that I managed for many years, mm-hmm. even neighbors that I was super close to. What I realized is as I was opening up, it gave them the door to open up. Mm-hmm. They just needed to hear from somebody else that, hey, there is somebody out there that is struggling like I am and that it's okay. But man, what, what they're doing, I want to at least try, right? I want to at least, so for what you're doing, it is going to definitely speak to somebody and they're going to start to realize that they want that they want to feel good they want to be good and so if it means 
kind of walking the same path or discovering if these are the things that should go into their toolkit, then, then absolutely. And it takes great courage and strength. And I thank you for that because we need more people like you that are willing to speak up and share those vulnerabilities and, and find that courage to do so. Amen. And likewise to you, my friend. And thank you. if there are people that are, don't want to hear your story, this in your, your social circle, then you know, maybe that person is also suffering and they're just not willing to open up just yet. So I think the more we talk about it and not be ashamed of, you know, how we're feeling and any kind of transition that you might be going through and self-development, this is the time to go inward and to really work on yourself. Because when you take care of yourself, you really are more available to other people and you're able to do more good in the world. And we need to open up more to each other. I think it's a very healthy thing. It should not have a stigma attached to it. Please feel free to reach out. And, you know, and I want to offer this, and I always do on my show, and some people do reach out, but if you don't feel like you have a safe place in which to talk, you can always message me and hopefully to you as well, Donnell, on, on Facebook or Instagram. And Absolutely. please reach out if you feel like you don't have a, a safe haven and we can listen. You know, if anything, I'm there to listen. I'm there for you. And I know that you are certified in what you do and you can give even more resources with that toolkit to help people feel better because we should be able to get through those emotions, understand the triggers, be able to take better care of ourselves and truly live in the present and enjoy, enjoy this life that we have because it's the only life that we have. And we want to be able to pass that on to your children or to your family members or to your friends to be able to understand that they can, they too can open up and they too can get better. Absolutely. So I love all of that. So how can we reach you? How can we get in contact with you to be, if you, if they would like to reach out for you as a wellness coach or a health coach? Absolutely. I'm in the process of actually developing my website. I've used mm -hmm. this time to, like I said, really focus in on what that's going to look like. And I'll begin releasing workshops and, and all of those things. But in the meantime, I am available on Instagram. I, again, I'm holding on to a little bit of my pageant life and I'm Queen Derubis, which is my last name, D-E-R-U-B-E-I-S. So Queen Derubis, that's on Instagram and on Facebook. It's just my name, Donnell Derubis. And message me anytime about anything. I am definitely somebody that will listen without judgment. And I would be happy to work with anybody on developing what their wellness toolkit will look like, even for their entire family, if, if they want to involve the kiddos and all of that. So definitely, I am available. So Donnell, you mentioned that you are a survivor, and I'm so grateful that you are a survivor. But I would love if you would share what happened. When, when was that? How old were you? And what led to that day? Thank you. Yes. I was, I believe I was 19 and I had been working for a very long time at a restaurant actually. And I had a slip and fall injury that has now permanently damaged my back. But at the time I was basically bedridden for almost six months. And you can imagine at that age, how incredibly difficult that was. Mm -hmm. I remember I had to drop out of, it was my first year of college. I had to drop out because I couldn't go to school and I couldn't work and you know, then financial things all started to come into play. But the moment that kind of set me over the edge, I was in a committed relationship and I had been for quite a while. 
And because of my injuries, we started to grow apart. And I can remember on a nightly basis, because I wasn't able to go out, he would go out with friends and, you know, go out and live life. Um, and it was, it was hard for me to handle because I was then alone and trying to take care of myself. And obviously at that age, like I said, being social was incredibly important and I didn't have that element in my life anymore. And for about three months, I can remember every night calling my best friend every night. He left again. I was, you know, hysterically crying and I would watch him walk away and just, just shatter every single night for about three months. And every single night for three months, she would come over and sit with me and console me and we would, you know, watch a chick flick or something. And there was something about that final night that he was leaving. And at the time, I didn't understand why my mind sent me to this incredible, painful, dark place. But I remember I had um, several pain pill jars because of my back. And he left and I called my friend and I knew if she didn't get there that it was going to be it for me. And so I called her and I said, if you're not here in 10 minutes, all these pills are gone and I'm gone. Wow. And I don't know how she managed, but I took that first bottle of pills and within less than a minute, she was there. Oh my goodness. And I, it's just, it gives me chills to think about it now. What an incredible person she was to be in my life in that way. And I'm just so thankful. I believe that I believe that I had a purpose and my purpose had not yet been discovered. And, and so that's truly what saved me. I love my best friend for sure. She physically saved me, but I think emotionally and mentally and just in every other way I was saved because I had yet to discover what my purpose was. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful and amazing story. Thank and the you. fact that you, you, I'm glad that you showed that you had a glimmer of hope. You reached out to her because I think so many people, and and of course, I don't know what this is like, but I can only imagine that so many people that are suicidal, they're reaching out to someone because they do want, they do want to be seen, they do want to be heard, they do want to get better, and they do want to serve a purpose. And unfortunately, sometimes there's not that best friend to intervene. Absolutely. And that's why yeah. people need to speak up. They have to speak up because there are people out here that love you and care for you. And anybody that feels as if they're going through that deep, dark place that I'm sure so many people have felt that we've seen on the news, people that have gone through that. We see it in everyday life and we hear about this type of thing in everyday life. And just don't forget to always you know, your best friend is someone to look up to because always be there for people, always be there for people and always Absolutely. reach out to others. But what an amazing story. Thank you. And, you know, I'll say with that, this is something that I really, really try to get people to understand and to focus on. For me in that moment, I was so blessed to have somebody I knew I could reach out to because I had done it before and I counted mm -hmm. on her and she, she was there for me each and every time. And that is not always the case. So what I encourage people to do is always reach in. Reach into those people that you think could be struggling. 
ask the question if there is anything that they are struggling with it, you know, can I help you in some way? So I encourage people to reach in and to check on everyone in their life. And that includes checking in on the strong because like every other illness out there, a mental illness doesn't discriminate. So it's, it it's not, it doesn't, it's not about, you know, where you live and, and where you come from. It doesn't matter what material things you have, the job you have, rich, famous, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so I just really encourage people to constantly be checking on their loved ones, even those strong ones, because you just never know when somebody could be struggling silently. And all it takes is for you to reach in that one time to really give them the, the hope and the light that they're looking for. And you really, I mean, you could potentially be saving a life by doing so. Yes. Now you have found your purpose. So thank you so yes. much. Thank I you. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Well, hi, this is Janice McQueen, and I just have a very quick self-promotion. For those of you that have been following me on social media, and of course, listening to this podcast, you know that I have been working on a book. Queendom, How to Reign in Pageantry. Well, that book is now available for pre-order on Amazon. It will be in the format of an ebook, a Kindle book that you can read on any smartphone or smart device. It's so easy to get. And guess what? It is only 99 cents. So just go to amazon.com and place in the search Queendom, How to Reign in Pageantry, or you can put my name, Janice McQueen Ward, and my book will come up and you can purchase it through pre-order for 99 cents. And then that'll be available to you on November the 28th, as well as by that time, I will have a paperback version available as well for $11.99, of which if you want an autographed copy, those listeners that reach out and give me a review on my book will absolutely get a free autographed copy of my book. This information will be available on my website, which is beautycallpodcast.com or janicemcqueen.com. They both go to the same podcast. If you have a smartphone with you right now and you want to download the Kindle Reader app, it's a free app. You can also go onto that app and it's just a one-click purchase for 99 cents and that will pre-order the book and it will be available to you on November the 28th. I chose that date because that is my mom's birthday, and my book is dedicated in the memory of my mom, Margaret McQueen, and my dad, Neil McQueen, and I just wanted that to be a special date and share that special date with each and every one of you. So thanks so much. I hope that you'll pick up a copy. It really does help me a lot in getting the word out there of having positivity and pageantry and helping you have an authentic voice. And whether you are in pageantry or not, this book will have some great tips and tricks about how to increase your social media skills, as well as how to write a great resume, a great bio, and how to interview well. So it's going to help anybody and everybody. So get your copy today, Queendom, How to Reign in Pageantry, by me, Janice McQueen Ward. And again, it's only 99 cents. So I appreciate your support. Thanks so much. I love you all. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. Make sure if you're on Apple that you subscribe, rate, and review me on iTunes. And I would love your feedback. At any time, you could reach out to me on JaniceMcQueen.com. 
and contact me or join my newsletter and give me the feedback of different subjects and topics that you would like to hear or if you would like to be a guest on my show. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.